Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor, where you'll discover the stories behind the movers and shakers in the entertainment and business world. Now here's your host, Jordan Baylor. Hi, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. And I know this has been a really weird time and 2020 is definitely going to be one for the books. As you read the news, it feels like the simulation is just spinning on its axis and losing focus on what the point of all this is. So you can't really look on the outside world right now. You kind of have to go within. So I want to talk about preserving even when only you believe in you. Honestly, that is all you ever needed. The sole belief in yourself. Because if you can see it, if you can see the end goal, you see how it would function and no one else believes it. It does not matter. If you can see it, go for it. Don't let someone talk you out of your glory, your idea, your vision, because so many people without vision will work overtime to tell you why it won't work. Don't let someone else's perspective warp your own. And this week's episode is a man I've had the pleasure of knowing through the internet, solely through the internet. I've never met him in person. Uh, we tried a couple times to meet up, just fell through. You know, we went to different shows. We just never could link up. This is a man I've watched grow from the humble beginnings of his online brand, Mimic Clothing, to launching a new anime streetwear brand called Nami Wear, which does over $3,000 a day. Um, I've seen him come from being hyped on making $15 a t-shirt. So let's just say there's some serious growth. It is my pleasure to bring you what I, I, I like to call him Mr. Chip on your shoulder, because if you doubt him, you will seriously be on the wrong side of history. So without further ado, I bring to you my good friend and my interview with Dominic Jimenez. Hi, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. I have on the line a man I have. He is head founder of a Black-owned anime streetwear clothing brand, Nami Wear. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur, an artist, uh, a father, pretty much. He's Mr. Mimic himself, Dominic Jimenez. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. What about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. So I always like to start off every interview, and I like to ask, who is Dominic? Uh, I'm just a guy who likes to draw. That's really, that's really how I started everything. I just like drawing. I liked finding ways to make money and mm -hmm. it just blossomed from, you know, little side hustles as a teenager to, to actual businesses. All right. So when you originally started in fashion wear, you started with a brand called Mimic Clothing. Um, yeah. Why did that? Why did why did you start that? I always liked the the, the origin stories behind that. Um, so before uh, Mimic Clothing, I was like starting getting the streetwear, like Nike SBs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think 2008 was one of the it was like one of the first years that I found out about Karma Loop. I think oh. it was like it was like almost a brand new shop. They had like five or six brands up there, but um. I remember seeing all the streetwear stuff and after spending like two, three years buying all the streetwear stuff, I was like, I could, I could go make something like this. 
like I'm I'm not wasting any more money. Let me go make something. <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much what led me to do it. Like I like the hundreds a lot and Johnny Cupcakes, and I was like, this is kind of what I want to model my brand off of. One main logo that I could flip into other things because I was like, I could I can make these flips myself. Yeah. Like uh, I'm seeing them use pop culture stuff. I could do that myself. So you kind of just got tired of, of basically wearing other people's brands. And you were like, I can do this myself. Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I like that because a lot of people would just rather just complain about the problem and then not come up with a solution. They'd rather just sit there and just be like, I could do this. And then they just don't start. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, what, what was like one of the biggest hurdles you had from like coming up with the idea to like gaining sales? Like what was your biggest hurdle when you first were starting? Um. So... <laughs> The very first thing was uh, I was in school for graphic design like during this time and I was about to finish, but I had dropped out and I was like, all right, I got to figure out something to do. And coming up with the name uh, Mimic was really just an accident. Uh, My cousin was helping me at the time, just like kind of come up with ideas and it was Poser Fraud. That was the name of the brand at first. And um Do you like that today? Do you like that name now? I think I think about it sometimes. And I'm like, man, this it would really it it could work still. I don't know. But uh I remember making the logo and I was like, I need something like real simple. And I did like an M. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I like the way this is like stretched out and I flipped it and I just put them together and that became the logo just off me posting it i seen a people a lot of people liked it it's like this is the logo like i'm gonna run with it <laughs> i always liked the the logo it always kind of remind me of like that that my jean bijou uh the m yeah that always kind of like that was always like in the back of my head i don't know if you did that intentionally but that's what i always thought i was like that shit is fly all right my question to you is how did you get your start like in art like what was the initial art form that attracted you to like, um you know how did i get my certain art i've yeah always, was it like was it like painting or was it like digital art cartoons like what was it uh i was always drawing in class like maybe fifth grade i think uh i just had some friends that were drawing like dragon ball z and <laughs> that's really that's really where i started just drawing dragon ball z in class <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that's like the entry comic (laughs) book for most people. Like, yeah, that's like if you could find out if you have the patience to draw, you're like, I'm going to sit down and draw Goku. Like, yeah, yeah. I I think that's what it is for for most. I don't like everybody. Everybody in your grade is like, oh, that's the kid that could draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, there's always a kid that could draw Goku. (laughs) You draw a Goku uh, (laughs) Super Saiyan Seven. Can we do a yeah. set? <laughs> it's like, like drawing just the crazy, the crazy hair ones. And yeah, yeah, I was yeah. definitely, I, I could not draw for nothing, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't draw. So it started with, with, with Dragon Ball Z and then it just progressed. But when did you know that you wanted to take it seriously as a profession? Um, I wanted to, I wanted to draw like, I'll say very early on, I knew I wanted to be an artist. I didn't know how to go about it so I, I drew it like pretty much every day and did like little cartoons and flip books in class um 
I took like any art classes I could take, like once I got to high school or middle school doing like those electives and stuff. Mm -hmm. So once I got to high school, um, I was taking it like kind of seriously trying to get into like a, a college and, um, Oh, you were going to go to art, uh, art school? I was going to, I was going to go to an art school, but I eventually just ended up going to like a small school around me that had an art program. Okay. So I was still able to get like what I wanted out of that school and, um, whatever I could find on YouTube, pretty much. I kind of just put those things together and then I was like, all right, now I can like charge some money. (laughs) That's cool. Did you ever have that fear of, you know, this isn't a, you know, I got, I got friends that are going into computer science. Like that's a, that's like a real career, you know? Yeah. Did that go like, how did, how did you push through those blocks? Uh, Definitely had those times where I knew like, no one was going to understood understand what I was doing. They didn't, they didn't get it. And I was like, if I, if I keep going, like one day it's going to be like worth something. And there's definitely times where I, I thought about quitting. I, I know I revamped mimic like maybe five or six times in that <laughs> five years. I'm like, all right, I'm closing and I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go work at this job for a little bit try to get some money and come back. And it's, it's really just being determined to, to push when through you that. you had that job, cause I, it, it was kind of like a distraction, isn't it? Yeah. I a distraction off the original goal. huh? I, it's so hard for me knowing like what I want to do and doing something completely different. Yeah. Like it's the worst. I hate it. It, going it is to a work. terrible feeling. <laughs> okay, when you made that decision to like, okay, I want to be an artist full time and I'm going to make a living at it. What yeah. was that like? I mean, it, it, you can't have fear and that belief at the same time. Um, I think I was just fed up at that time. Like when I finally said, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I was applying for a lot of jobs. Like I had just got out of school. I wasn't getting any callbacks or anything like that. I'm like, I could do all this stuff and no one's even calling me back. Not even, what was not your even degree for an interview. Um, I have a degree in graphic design and I have a degree in um, business administration, oh, uh, marketing. Marketing. Okay. So, uh, like, so I got the first degree, the graphic design degree, and I was like, all right, no one, no one cares that I have this. Let me go to school for business. I went to school for business. No one cared, cared I had that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I'm in business school again for my master's just, just because I can get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, man, I'm never going to go back to a job because I, I know what I'm capable of by myself. That's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. I, I feel like like um since you can draw and you know how to market yourself as a freelancer and you know how to showcase your artwork and, and get leads and, and land your next client, you you've built up like this high income skill that people can't take from you. Like and a job can't teach you how to get it. Exactly. Yeah. It's Do it's you- really uh I I try to explain this a lot to people when I'm like uh like just talking on the internet, I'm like, guys, like if you had just stuck with like that thing that you're doing, 
as small as it was, even if you were getting like one or two customers, that could be like 10 to 20 customers like right now. You just have to continuously build on what you're doing. It's that compound effect. I, I just started reading that book, The Compound Effect by yeah. Darren Hardy. It's just so real. Like, you know, people only just see today's growth and then they think that it's going to be like this forever. It's like, no, like yeah. give it time. It's a baby. It's going to grow, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you stuck with it. Oh, man, I am too. It was, it was very hard. <laughs> <laughs> What was like your first um, breakthrough when you were freelancing? Uh, I think the first breakthrough I really had, um, the very first thing was when I started Mimic, uh, Soldier Boy had reached out to me and uh, I was like sending clothes to like his artist or whatever, but mm -hmm. at that time I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Like this is Soldier Boy. <laughs> Soldier Boy, tell him. <laughs> I was like, "This is Soldier Boy, and he's gonna he's gonna put me on." Yeah, he's gonna put me on. <laughs> it didn't work like that. Nah, it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> People just still close, like yeah, they, yeah. They just still close, and then hype up like the big European brands that don't even show them any fame. I would like send packages out to like artists all the time, and they wouldn't even wear them. I'm mm -hmm. like, man. Like y'all don't, they don't even realize how much they're hurting me. Like I, <laughs> I don't, I don't have any money and I'm giving yeah. you like whatever I have to make money with. Yeah. And I hopes you know that you recognize it or anything, but you know, it's, it's how you learn. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a, it, it's a marketing, it's a marketing failure. That's how you have to look at it. It's like, it's like a marketing step that you tried, but it didn't work. Yeah. But it's marketing. Yeah. You know? It's marketing. So, you know, I, I love that, man. You, you, I noticed that you did do a lot of podcast artwork for, for, uh, like the, the people that over at, um, what is it, all deaf digital? Like you yeah. like, was did that help you gain a lot of traction? Like with, um, jobs and stuff, other people reaching out? Um, I think, uh, when I first moved to California, like 2017, I think, mm -hmm. um, I was just watching like all deaf stuff and uh, I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself, like, I should reach out to these guys. Like I should, I should try to do something with these guys. And um, I reached out to Patrick. I think I just drew like a Halloween costume he had and he was like, Oh, this is really dope. And then he just started going through all my stuff and he was a creative director or he is, he is creative director cause they're, they're back now. But Oh, he's creative director. Oh, Patrick, oh, Patrick Cloud. That's his yeah. Name. He's yeah, he's, he's creative director at all. And, uh, mm -hmm. I did not know that. And uh, Kev on stage, he's a uh, head of content, so they they're kind of like at the top uh, now. But he started as an intern, and uh, yeah, I just connected with Patrick, and he liked what I did, and I just kept making stuff. And they're like, "Oh, you should go to, go to Dom. He can do it." And that's, <laughs> wow, that's pretty that's much how I, I built that relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did notice that about you. You're, you're, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but you are like a king of manifesting things. <laughs> you really are. Like, like you just, you just like, you just like wake up and be like, I'm going to do a cartoon. And I'll be like, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, just looking at your posts. Like, okay. Like, I don't knock it. I don't, I, there, there, there's nothing that you could say that I wouldn't think you wouldn't, couldn't do. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Because like you just go for it, and then it starts to like roll out. I'm just like, holy shit! Like when at the end of it, I'm like, yo, that dude did that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, I, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people when they see me say stuff like that, they're like, oh, he's just he's just cocky. Like he thinks he could do whatever he wants, and Yes, that's you can. How I feel. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember you were like, I'm going to get into painting. And then I saw a photo of you with Jordan Peele at the, the Us thing. I was like, yeah. man, I was so fucking happy for you, you know? But like, you had just started painting like not too long before that, that even un- unrolled, that rolled out. I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, when I was, I think I, I was painting for a little bit. Um, in like 2016, like painting on canvas. Mm-hmm. And I had like a cup. I think it was my first time like actually trying to paint on canvas. I was like, I could, I could try this out. And I sold a couple. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm pretty decent at this. Let me, mm-hmm. um, let me do something that saves me a little bit more time. So I started painting digitally. And Jordan Peele is actually the first celebrity that shared a drawing that I did. Back in uh, 2014, I think I had just, I think it was 2014, I had just moved to New York and uh, he was the first person I drew and I tagged him and he shared it. And I was like, I could do this and make money. And I just kept drawing like people reaching out to people like that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it scaled up from just me drawing for myself to drawing for money to drawing for celebrities and stuff like that. Wow. So, so, wow. That, that's, that's, it's so simple, but it just, it's effective, <laughs> you know? And what's crazy is when I did the us piece, uh, yeah. Patrick was actually directing it. And what was uh, he, directing? He, he directed the, like the collaboration between universal and, uh, all dev digital to bring like the art pieces together. Oh, so it was his project and he didn't even know this was my drawing. Like I, well, oh, he just chose it organically. He just chose, yeah, he just chose it. And I showed up and he was like, What's, what, are you, what are you doing here? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you picked my piece. <laughs> he was like, oh, no way, that's you. That's crazy. And um, when I got to talk to Jordan, he's like, I know you from somewhere. He's like, where do I know you from? He said, did you do something for Get Out? I was like, nah, I drew a picture of you. He's like, oh, yeah, the picture from uh, Wanderlust. I was like, yeah, I drew that picture. He's like, yeah, yeah, I remember you. I, I watch what you do. I watch your stuff. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> See? Oh, wow. <laughs> you never know who's watching you. It's wow. crazy. That is, wow, man. That's, it's really crazy. That's awesome, man. So has that like opened up other opportunities for you to maybe work with uh, the company on, you know, production wise or maybe art pieces, things like that? Um, I know he wants to do like, I think they're going to keep doing like these art projects, like every time they release a movie because it builds like that. It builds so much eyes on their project. Yeah, it builds up all the marketing, all the, the viewers and you know, just to hype around the movie to have like all these artists involved. And he genuinely like likes the fan art. So yeah. it's really it's really cool to to have something like that where you can give people a way into industries the that they probably wouldn't ever have. That's so true. Cause like, you know, you, you gotta think how crazy that is. Like 
this is an idea that started in your head and now you have other artists taking it and and, and manipulating it and, and yeah. they're putting it through their lens. And it's just like, damn, like that was just a, like a little speckle idea. And look what it's grown into, like this monster. Yeah, it's really, I really love that. That's awesome. So so tell me, how did the opportunity to uh, launch NamiWare come about? Um, NamiWare, I was rebranding Mimic for a little bit. Um, I think I was, I was getting ready to end it. And, uh, my friend Will, he, uh, does music production at Nora Caesar. Mm. And he said, yo, I see you're about to end Mimic. Uh, I want to introduce you to my partner, Johnny. He's a founder at Nora Caesar Mm -hmm. and he wants to start a, tell me what Nora Caesar is for the people that don't know. Uh, North Caesar is a black-owned anime and manga studio. We publish our own original stories, and we just acquired a actual animation studio. So we have North Caesar Studios now too, and we're getting ready to push out uh, our own animated, you know, series and stuff like that. But um, he he introduced me to Johnny. He's like, yeah, I want to do a anime streetwear brand. I was like, bro, that's that's really all I do, like, <laughs> is take influences from pop culture and other things and bring them into clothing. Like, that's what I do. So he told me that, and I sent him, like, 10 to 15, like, ideas. And he's like, mm-hmm. yo, like, these are all really good. Like, let's do it. And uh, then just we just made a partnership. <laughs> wow. So how long was it from, like, the point of, you know, him telling Johnny to you know, about you to, to your first collection rolling out. Um, so I think this was August, 2018. We came up with the idea. We came up with the concepts, uh, January, 2019, we got our first samples and then we just had like a crazy delay for some reason. Uh, we were manufacturing in China. Mm hmm. And our delay pushed us to uh, our debut at Anime NYC in November. Okay, so like little under a year, huh? Yeah, that is that is fast though. That's fast for it to actually be like not uh, print on demand. Yeah, for it to be like actual clothing. Yeah, that's really fast, dude. That's really fast. So how did you? So the whole time you guys were in between like launching to. Uh, you know, I guess like the pre-production, you know, you're, you're going through all that stuff. You guys are like building an email list and you're letting people know about it. Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you guys gain traction by doing that? Um, I started Instagram and I was just like doing like pictures of water for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, Nami wear is, uh, translates to like wave, wavy wear. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we were going to do. Like uh, our first logo was actually a W made out of like water splashes okay. and I changed it recently to a new logo and it's uh like three like almost like a tidal wave but it makes a W as well and um I was just posting water and people were like oh what's this and I think once we did our first photo shoot in February mm-hmm. I actually uh texted Pat I was like hey you want to be in this lookbook I have a I have a business I'm about to launch. And he came and that was the first time we met face to face. Oh, wow. So he came out and we did the lookbook 
and um he just he basically shouted us out on his uh instagram while we were doing the shoot so i started like building kind of a, a following just off that and them seeing like oh this is like this is something brand new like i haven't seen any pieces like this because a lot of companies that do the anime streetwear will take just t-shirts and put like the character on it it's not a lot of cutting not stuff. a lot of thought in yeah it's not a lot of yeah it's not a lot of like execution for pulling something that's make-believe into real life this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at sock season I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks and man they are comfortable they truly are they, they, they come in like weird funky cool colors and I'm not just saying this because they paid me I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap or they're they're tight around the toe or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores. And quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks. And after a few washes, they either rip or they shrink or I lose a pair, or I lose one of the socks. That the, those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about Sock Season is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee, which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked. Which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So. Go to www.sockseason.com. S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com. Use coupon code OFFSTAGE for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. So you guys, I remember one piece you guys had was that um, puff, that puffer jacket. Uh, yeah. From Naruto, Naruto. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm remembering it correctly. You guys are kind of just like paying homage to it, but you're not necessarily like infringing on their trademark, right? Like, is, is so. it, it's like a question because like it's it's more homage than it is like you know you guys just straight up just you know copying. So the thing about that jacket is when our manufacturer made it they put one of their logos on the chest and um, I had reached out to Viz Media. They're the the owners of the IP. Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, like we have, we have this really dope product. Uh, I want to work with you guys. We can, we can work out some type of licensing deal. And as soon as they read that, they sent me a cease and desist for that jacket. Holy shit. Instead of, instead of working with us, they sent me a cease and desist for the jacket. And, um, (laughs) They saw you guys were serious, though. Yeah. Since yeah. then, they have shared our jacket because we work with um, King Vader. He's an influencer. He mm-hmm. he has the he has the jacket. He wears it all the time, and they've shared the jacket, like him wearing it, over and over. I'm like, I don't know why you guys just didn't want to work with us, but it's whatever. I guess they got to see the vision, man. But by so, the time they sent that, we actually had sold out of the jacket. So wow. we were straight. How did you connect with King Vader? 
Uh, I actually connected with King Vader from when I was doing Mimic. I sent him a, a package out and he wore it. Um, Caleb City and a couple other influencers. I know they used to meet like during the summertime, like all together. And I was just reaching out like, hey, you guys should wear this, wear this in your video, wear this in your video, just sending packages. And uh, it just carried over because he started doing the anime stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing anime stuff too. Like you should wear this in your video. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much, we kind of built the relationship off of that, kind of how I did with Patrick. It just compounded all organically, huh? Just because you kind of, it all started just because you kind of just followed your mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so simple. <laughs> you make it seem so simple. Just follow your heart. Like Pe- it just works. People out. will message me like, man, how did you how did you get in touch? How do you know these people? It's like I just I just messaged them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was uh, yeah, nothing I just, else. Message them. Yeah. But like a lot of it was like you you either like drew them or you know, you reached yeah. out to them and gave them something. Like you came from a place of giving. Yeah. Rather than I, I get, hey Vader, uh wear my jacket so I can sell some clothes. Like you gave yeah. first. You came out, was like, Hey, what's your address? I want to send you something. And yeah. they were like, Oh, okay, they were receptive to it. Yeah. I think uh most of my connections have been just from gifts. I'm like, hey, like I like what you do, I want to give you something. And and sometimes they like it and you know, you build sometimes like a soldier boy. <laughs> you build like a friendship pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Do you, you get a you do you get a, like a lot of hate? Um, you know, because you announce your brand as like being black owned streetwear company. Oh yeah. What, you know, what what positives come from that or and does it help with the branding? Um, I'll tell you just yesterday we've got like five or ten just like real real crazy racist messages. Wow. And uh I've only I only posted like one or two because they're just so <laughs> so out there. there. They're just so out there. And um the support that we get back is like a hundred times that like people will message me like, I appreciate you for, you know, standing up for what you believe in and doing this for us. Cause there's a lot of companies that don't care or they'll say something if it could help them make money. Or or when it's trendy. Yeah. When it's trendy, <laughs> like a lot of the a lot of the companies that people a lot of companies people kind of pick over us don't really they're not really giving a crap about what what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, man. I I like how you guys are are true. You guys came out of the gate and was like we're black owned. We're yeah. this we're that. And I was like, wow, that's that's bold because this is just, just throwing your stake in the ground. And and that's one reason why I really uh subscribe to Noir Caesar. I, I used to subscribe to them. I don't subscribe to them anymore, but I subscribed to them for like a solid six months. I read all the comics and I was like, man, this is fire. Yeah. You know, this is fire. There's the only word I have for it was fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so everything when I heard that you were working with them, I was like, holy smokes, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be great. Yeah, it really uh it really was like a it was just it was just meant to be. Like I was doing the mimic stuff and he came to me with this idea and I needed to I needed to show people that I could execute at a higher level and that gave me that chance for mm. people to take me seriously. 
because I was doing a lot of stuff by myself. Everything I was doing before uh, Nami Wear was by myself. Um, the H&M thing that made the news and all that crazy stuff. All of that was just me like being myself and taking those those risks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, dude, I forgot all about that H&M. Dude. dude, there's been so many just overtly just racist things happening in America that, like, I don't even think about that. Like, that didn't even register. It, it's, it's so much stuff that you kind of so just the past lose track. Week, it, in the past week, it's, it feels like just hyperdrive, like the oh, – the, yeah. The, the algorithm is working overdrive, man. Like, I don't, this is weird. So yeah. I have a question. You, you, you have a lot of talents, you know, between marketing and drawing and doing so many different things. How do you pri- prioritize with your talents? Like, which one do you choose to pursue? Like, is it the one that's gaining traction or is it the one that you feel you need to chase? Uh, a lot of people don't. <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot of people don't know. Some people know. But I used to uh, make music Mm -hmm. and I started recording music when I was like 16. I was like still in high school and I tried to have like a music career for a good four or five years going to open mics and stuff like that. And I think the last performance I did was opening up for Meek Mill Mm -hmm. in, in my hometown, like at the HBCU right down the street. And I was like, man, I did all this and I still don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a real rapper. <laughs> so, but at that at that time, I had like a prototype. I had a Mimic prototype on. And that's when I had just started making uh, Mimic stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm making money off of the Mimic stuff. And I just started this. Like, I'm, I'm going to push this. And then I got to... Uh, I was making more money off drawing. I was like, oh, I'm making way more money off drawing. I'm just going to draw. And uh, sometimes I would like battle with myself like, oh, I'm making money off Mimic and I'm making money off drawing. Let me just put them both up at the same time. And it always it always falls down. One of them always fall down. And I'm like, all right, I've, I can't balance them all. Mm-hmm. But um, now I'm, I'm really focused on NamiWare uh, full time. And I was freelance like the whole time I was waiting for this debut at Anime uh, NYC. I was freelance and I hated it. I really, I was just like, ah, real soon, I'm not going to have to draw anybody else. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to have to hear anybody talking about, can you draw me and my baby? I'm like, ah, oh. but it, for free. <laughs> the time finally came and I was like, yep, if I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw for you know, my worth and I'm just going to focus on Namiware full time. So I want to talk about that, like that freelancing, you know, um, how, how can someone that is freelancing and, and doesn't mind saying drawing the women and their babies, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or it doesn't mind, you know, uh, dealing with the customers, like how can they position themselves from a marketing aspect to like stand out from the crowd and like consistently get new clients? Um, be, be like very different in your style. Uh, there's a lot of people that freelance and there's a lot of people with similar price points to mine. Mm-hmm. But what I think I have over them is my style is so unique to myself. Mm-hmm. Instead of 
like I know there's a lot of freelancers that'll draw like, oh, I could draw Dragon Ball Z type of drawings or I could draw like a Rick and Morty style drawing. Draw like yourself. And that gives you an edge over everybody else because no one could really copy what you're doing. So they have to come to you <laughs> mm. if, they, if they want something. Yeah, if they want, yeah, yeah. If they want something that looks like that, they have to come to you. And how would they, you know, showcase their art online? What, what, what do you think is a good way to do that? Um, when I was drawing like a lot more frequently, I was kind of, I would draw something I like. I would draw like trends that I see in Twitter or things that just, just were affecting me. Um, I see a lot of people do like little comic strips now. And those, those are really good because you could just like post a bunch of like real quick drawings and swipe through and have actual discussion on it. But things that make people think, things that make people talk usually catch that attention and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to look through the rest of his stuff. It's like, oh, he, he draws people Hmm. for, for money. Let me request something. So I used to do a lot of that. That makes sense. That makes sense. I always wondered, like, how do you catch someone's eye and, and then and someone ends up opening up their, their wallet? I always wondered that. Yeah. And just drawing the celebrities, too. Like, people will see the celebrity and be like, oh, so-and-so shared your work. Mm-hmm. I got to get something from you. Like, when I did the podcast stuff for Pat and Kev on stage and all of them, they'll share it. And then I'll get, like, a whole bunch of emails or... Oh, really? It's like... Oh, you did you did so and so's thing. I want you to do mine like that. And that's that's how I get a lot of business, just doing stuff just cuz I want to support somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it just I don't even count on them sharing it. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I did, this, I did this thing. And they're like, "Oh, that's cool." And then they end up sharing it and then I get like a million messages. <laughs> wow. It's so pure. It's like working for free, but for yourself. Yeah. It's like, it's like investing that time into yourself. Doing it. Cause at the end of the day, you wouldn't have mind drawing, you know, Pat. Yeah. Or, yeah. You wouldn't it's, mind doing that. All things that I've, I would have drew for free. Yeah. For free. Yeah. yeah. And me ended up getting paid for it and then getting a bunch of work in the process, but it was all organically. Yeah. Everything's organic with you. You ever thought about that? I do. I tr- I try to tell people like uh when they look at when they look at my marketing and they look at like the amount of people I'm able to reach. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm just being myself. Like if you would just take time to not try to put together some type of blueprint mm-hmm. and just focus on what you actually care about. People will see that and they'll say, "Oh, this is authentic. I like this." That's really that's really the best advice I could give to anybody is just be yourself when you're doing it. <laughs> be yourself. Don't try and be manufactured. Yeah. Huh. Like you can you can post like those real happy posts all the time, or you could post what you're actually feeling <laughs> and and be be more relatable because yeah. there's there's people out here who are having a bad day. <laughs> that's so true man like sometimes i'm like not feeling it and then i'll read a post and i'll be like oh shit the hell up (laughs) 
I don't say it, but you know, maybe I'm gonna start saying it. Yeah. Maybe I'm gonna start saying it. All right. So I just wanna wrap it up. I, I wanna ask you like one last question. What's something that you wish you knew before you started this whole you know journey to where you are today? Um I uh, something I wish I knew. Yeah. I think going through everything I've been through, uh, there's a lot of times where I feel like what I do is not appreciated, Mm -hmm. but that, that reaction is to like things that are so small and I have like this huge set of people that support me and appreciate what I'm doing is to, it's still something I'm working on. Just try not to focus on these one or two people over here saying something negative and focus on all the people that are supporting me. I feel like that's that I always say that about um and the biggest person I can think of when when, when I when I hear that is the rapper Wale. Yeah. He's the only person that just comes to mind if somebody is just like, dude, so many people love that guy, but yet he just focuses on the one or two people. And it's just, it's so frustrating because I'm like, dude, he is one of the most, I mean, some, when he has a flow and he catches it on certain songs, that guy is like unstoppable. But like, yeah, you know, he's such a, I, I don't know, I don't want to say the word insecure, but it just feels like, you know, you're just so easy to piss off. Like, you know, like, yeah, it, it's almost like an online joke. Like I have about, I could count on one hand. I have like five friends that have personally been blocked by him. Just from Twitter, oh, man. Yeah, just because, like, you know, uh, you know, just different, <laughs> di- different stuff in music, like, or, or somebody says something, like, man, Wally didn't really snap on that, and then they go back <laughs> and look, they're like, yo, that dude really blocked me, and it's like that was just his opinion of you on that one song. Like, my my block list is pretty crazy. I'm not even gonna, really? I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty huge. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably Have like you been blocked by a lot of people too. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've been blocked by anybody that I could think of or would, or would care like if they blocked me, but I've, I've blocked a lot of people and, um, I don't, I don't really regret it. (laughs) It's just like, at this point there's, there's like people who will come to see what I'm doing just to, just to be negative. And I'm like, you really only pop up. What you is really that about to say like to say like the worst things? Yeah, you're gonna fail, and I, and I hate that. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I haven't I haven't lost yet, and you're still doing whatever you're doing. Yeah, and I'm continually growing. Like, it's nothing. It's nothing that can stop me, and there's nothing that you can say to me that's gonna make me quit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna do something else, and I'm gonna be successful, and you're gonna come back, and you're gonna, you're gonna be negative. So I'm like, there's no point of having you here. I'll just, I'll just block you. I love it, man. I love it. That's hilarious, man. So you, 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 you have to learn how to focus more on your actual audience than the one or two trolls that come out and yeah, negativity for attention. I have a, I have a mentor. He runs a, a brand called Norwood Chapters. 
Mm-hmm. And he'll message me every now and then like, bro, shut up about the <laughs> the negative stuff. You're good. Yeah. Don't worry about them. You're good. That's what I always say. I always, th- I always come. Sometimes I see you and you're like going off and I'll be like, man, just like chill. Like, what is it? Don't give them any fame. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they just like, get you though. Yeah. It just hit. I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff for, for all these people. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to really be like a good person and build something that can positively affect a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And then I have those people that just trigger me that come in like, oh, you you think you're so good. And I'm like, you have no idea, man. It's it's hard to it's hard to ignore that sometimes. It is. And even though like I'm being completely validated over here, something mm-hmm. it's something about just the other side that makes me want to <laughs> snap on them. <laughs> Wow. It, it's, it's true, though. It, it's frustrating. I can understand. I can understand where you're coming from, because sometimes, you know, like I remember you, you or I mean, you're still getting crap about it today. But, you yeah. know, like you announced that it was a black owned brand and people are like, well, why you got to say it's black owned? Like, what's the big deal behind that? I'm like, because no, because 98 percent of everything we buy is from other people. It's not from us. Like, that's a big deal for us. Like, and you don't get you, it. Yeah. <laughs> if you see if you see like brands that are targeted to like black demographics, a lot of those aren't even black owned. No, not at it's, all. it's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. You know, like our hair care products, everything. Yeah. Our hair care products, the the hair care, the the actual the physical like synthetic hair, the the weaves, all that stuff. All that stuff is it's run by I mean it's run by what Korea or something? It's just it's insane. Like uh, white dudes are making shea butter products. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, what, by what, the what, millions. What, uh, <laughs> Carol's daughter. Uh, you know, just all he's just brands that just so black. Yeah, and you just see them in like your mom's, you know, cabinet for so many years. You, you just assume in the recesses of your mind that it's black because it has like uh, uh, African print <laughs> behind the, oh behind the lettering, and you're they just like, oh, it's black. That. They literally do that just to like put that in your mind, and then you look it up, and this dude's whiter than snow. <laughs> he's whiter than like, snow. Why are you? Why are you making? Does it? not care about anything black unless it affects his bottom line. Does not speak up. Like if black people get killed, he's like up. What you got? It's what it is. What it is. Like you know. So you just you you just see yourself getting used. Yeah, yeah. That's, you just see yourself getting used. That's really what it. I think that's really what it was for like North Caesar, and I think that's what it was for Nami. Where we're tired of being used by anime, the anime yeah. genre, mm-hmm. and not giving any credit, not giving any platforms to do anything. I yeah 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 I, I like that guy I like that you guys are, are taking it into your own hands rather than just like sitting online and complaining about it you guys are like you know what I'll make a comic book that shows people that look like me I'll yeah. do uh, animation that shows people that look like me you know and the stories are great you know, and stories- a lot of the companies that we initially reached out to they didn't want they didn't want to do you know anything with us they're like oh how are we gonna sell this to our market. But at the same time, when I have like interviews with Meg The Stallion and mm-hmm. all types of stuff like that, where it's like you really don't care. No, they like, just want to use want a dollar. <laughs> yeah, you want the dollar. You want the hype. You know, she's got hype right now. Let me. Yeah, it's true though. It's true. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but that's why we that. we put it we took it to our own hands and um. We actually are getting ready to do some work with uh, Sentai Filmworks. 
It's a smaller studio based in Houston. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And they they own a lot of like kind of strange uh, anime titles, but they're they're popular. They have a lot of uh, a big fan base. But just to reach out to people and have them tell you like, oh, this won't sell and then try to sell it on their own or steal your ideas and and try to do like the worst bootleg version of what you're doing. <laughs> I always think of like when you said that when 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 you said that who am I going to sell this to uh you know cuz it's, it's starring black people who am I going to sell this to I always think of like uh that I watched this interview with with Todd McFarlane and he was talking about uh Spawn yeah and underneath Spawn is a black guy but he goes like you know people just he goes he's purposefully a black guy and, and people he said uh this white guy these two white guys showed up at his booth at a comic convention and they were like arguing uh what you know about spawn and one of the guys was like well you know spawn's a black guy and then they both were like spawn can't be black and he's like what, what do you mean he can't be black he's a black guy he, i drew a black guy he's yeah. like, you're talking to the guy who made spawn he's a black guy i'm telling yeah. you yeah the person you're dressed up as right now is a black guy. Like it's just a black guy. I don't know what to tell you. And he's like, they couldn't wrap their minds around that. And he was like, I just thought it was the saddest thing ever that they could believe that a dude could be a demon in hell and come back to earth. But they couldn't believe that the hero was a black man. And he was like, that one really threw me for a loop. He's like, they could, I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah, I love. I love. Is so, yeah, he he is brilliant. You remind me of Todd McFarlane. I feel like one. I watched. I watched an interview like that, and I felt the same way. I was like, "This reminds me so much of me." Yeah, he's a, he's very much a self starter. Very much like, I'll just jump in it and I'll figure it out. I'm not even. Yeah, yeah, you're like very that. much like him. <laughs> yeah, you're very much like him in that sense, and um. I like that you guys are taking the image and you guys are are uh, controlling your image. Yeah, I love that. I want you guys to know that that we're at North Caesar. So Yeah, man, it's that's really what we're all about. We just want to do the things we want to do and do them our way, and not have anybody come and say we can't do something. I love it. I'm a lot of questions, my man, but thank you so much for your time, Dom. Oh, it's no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, how can the people get in touch with you? Uh, I'm mostly on NamiWare right now. So <laughs> Instagram at NamiWare, uh, NamiWare.com. That is N-A-M-I-W-E-A-R, NamiWare. NamiWare. And the, and the website and the uh, Instagram handle and social media will all be in the show notes. Yep. Uh, and it's all the same. It's all the same. All right. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, this has been another episode of uh, Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Peace. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Now go forth and create.